and we pulled up to a stoplight, and the car just died. Everything died. Oh. And, you know, there was no traffic, nothing going on, and, and the car pulled up behind us. This young man got out. He came up. He says, you have a problem? And we said, well, yeah, everything's dead. <laughs> and... Uh, he said, well, I'm a mobile mechanic. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways all the way down to small, everyday things. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week I have with me Pat. She goes to my church with me, her and her husband, and she's come on to share her stories this week. So I'm going to say a quick prayer. And then I'll kind of let you, I'll ask you a couple questions. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you so much for bringing us here together today to share the stories that you've done in Pat's life. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to be here, and please just send your Holy Spirit to be with us and bring words and stories to Pat's mind um, that will bring glory to your name and that will bless the ears and hearts of our listeners. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, where are you from? I was born in Corvallis, Oregon. Okay. Not too far away then. That's a pretty area. My dad's worked down there a little bit. So, yeah, I like it over there. And then tell me about your religious background. Uh, My father was raised as a Christian, and they went to church regularly. And then in in his teens, like many teens do, you know, kind of left and wild, they say, but not really. Yeah. (laughs) then he married my mother, and she had very little. Uh, I think she said she attended Sunday school a few times, but not religious, and she swore like a trooper. <laughs> and he broke her of the swearing. Well, then uh, when I came along, uh, they started taking me to Sabbath school. And then I think they went down shopping or went to a movie, so I think I was, was free babysitting service, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's handy. Until I got old enough to realize that I was being left there, and so I, I want to go with you. <laughs> so then they started attending church, and the pastor saw them. They'd sit in the back row, and then they'd take off right afterwards, and he finally caught up with them and gave them Bible studies, and mm. they were baptized. And I was five years old, and I remember seeing him dumped in the water. That was really strange. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this happening? Yeah. Oh. So that was the beginning of my religious experience. And right. That's cool. That's cool. And sometimes that's what does it is kids bring you into the church. It's kind of what happened with my parents. Um, but so you have some stories about what God's done in your life then that you want to share? Uh, I guess I'm very thankful. I had very good parents. They loved each other. And uh, I grew up in a very happy Christian home, which I thought everybody had. Mm. As I got older, I realized not everybody has that. And um my life was pretty, pretty simple, pretty ordinary. Um, I went four years to Laurelwood Academy and graduated, and went to PUC Pacific Union College. Mm-hmm. I met my first husband there, mm-hmm. and then um, well, about six years later, we adopted our son, and then a year later, our daughter. And nice. Oh, well, life was okay, and then my husband got cancer and uh, died when he was 40. I was left alone. Oh, wow. Um, I think miraculously, uh, he had been doing research for the state of Oregon in uh, their field burning things mm. and 
developed a field burner and some other things. <clears throat> so when he died, his picture was in the paper. And a friend of ours that we had known previously who lived down in Medford, Roseburg area, uh, hadn't had contact with her. They'd moved away and, you know, had no contact. But she was uh, painting her kitchen one day. He died in December, and I think in March or April she was painting her kitchen and saw his picture in the paper. And um, meanwhile, she had met a classmate who'd lost his wife. And I don't know, she just decided we should meet. No. <laughs> and so um, after I'd been single about a year, she called me and said, you know, said, you know, there's this guy I want you to meet. So I went down to her place and he came up from California and we met and mm -hmm. married and that went well. <clears throat> and then uh, I don't know how much more detail do you want? <laughs> <laughs> All of it. <laughs> um, you know, we, we felt that, that God brought us together, you know, the idea of the, this lady reading this paper and, you know, deciding that we should meet because he lived in California. I lived in Oregon. <laughs> oh, that is cool. It's a strange coincidence and like, yeah, definitely God's yeah, hand in play. I didn't think it was really, you know, more than coincidence because it was, it was a good marriage. My first marriage was a good marriage. My second marriage was a good marriage. And um, anyway, life progressed and then, you know, we retired and um, moved, went to Florida in uh, 2013 mm -hmm. and figured that's where we'd end our lives and um, three years later he suddenly collapsed and had some kind of a lung problem and died three weeks later and mm. I was devastated of course and um, after a period of time well after, let's see um, to back up, I guess, uh, 2000, no, 1991, mm -hmm. um, we had moved to Southern California and then moved back to central Oakland area for my husband's work. And there was an ad in the um, church bulletin for they needed some a bookkeeper for Canvasback Missions. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of Canvasback. Mm -mm. What do they do? Uh, they just send medical uh, groups out to the Marshall Islands and Micronesia. Okay, that's cool. And uh, <clears throat> so I went to work for them, and we were there until we retired. I was, you know, bookkeeper in the office. I did get to go out on one mission trip. I went with the um, I team to uh, Ebi. Oh, wow. Ebi is a tiny little island. It's about a quarter mile wide and a mile long, and I think there were... Oh, 9,000 people on it or something. Oh, wow. Way too many. I might have the number wrong, but it was way overpopulated. There were a lot of suicides, and mm. it was pretty sad. Mm -hmm. We stayed on the island of Kwajalein, which is a American base. Okay. And um, the people on Ebi come over to Kwajalein to work, and then that supports the rest of them on Ebi. So then their families keep moving in because their relatives have this good American job and mm. support them. So that's how come the island is overpopulated. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was interesting. Yeah. Did lots and lots of cataract surgeries. Oh, wow. And did you see God really, like, did you see any, like, cool God moments while you were there? Yes. Um, one of the nurses had borrowed 
without asking Uh (laughs) her boss a very expensive instrument. It was a little thing that attached to a glove and something for reaming out something in the eye. I'm not medical, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about them either. Somehow that got thrown out with the trash. Oh, no. And it was very expensive. Mm -hmm. So we had special prayer for that and um, talked to the people, and they said, oh, it's hopeless because they always bulldoze that on into the water every day. Oh, my. Well, they went out there and not only hadn't been dozed into the water, this thing was right on top of the stack. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And that has to be a miracle. So people were very impressed with wow. an answered prayer. Wow. That's so that so was cool. exciting. And uh, it was just exciting seeing all the people. They most Well, the one that really impressed me was Kylie. Uh, Kylie, I think, was his name. Okay. Same. Um, came in. All slumped over, looked like a really old man, and he was blind mm. and wasn't responsive. You know, they tried to check him out, and he just wasn't responsive, not cooperative at all. Mm-hmm. So they did one eye, and he came back in for the checkup, and apparently after you've been blind quite a while, it takes a while for the brain to actually see, even though your eye is well. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't much change. Well, then they did the second eye. And all of a sudden, he could see. Oh, wow. Turned out he wasn't a very old man at all, probably only in his 40s. I figured he was like 80. Oh, my goodness. And he was just talking to everybody because he'd been blind for four years, you know. I haven't seen you, know. It was just really oh. exciting to, to watch that take place. Oh, wow. Wow, that's and, cool. Uh, you know, there were a lot, a lot of them really happy to get their eyes back, and they, we just spent time couple of hundred pairs of glasses in the process to others too so yeah it was, it was a rewarding mission that is cool so anyway when uh when we retired um they didn't want me to leave so we set it up so i worked for them online after that oh that's Did convenient partial bookkeeping couldn't mm-hmm. do all of it of course so i've kept in touch with them and then um <clears throat> I say my husband passed away in 2016, and so for my 80th birthday, which was the following February, he died in May, following February, I took my daughter to Uruguay with the Maranatha team. Oh, fun. And we helped lay big 28-pound concrete blocks. Oh, goodness. And it was hot and humid, and we were really tired at the end of the day, but she and I worked with a couple guys. And it was our responsibility to get all the blocks ready for them and smear the mud on them. They put them in place, and then we clean them up and whatever. Yeah. So they'd start at one end of the wall, and we at the other end. We worked toward the middle. And yeah. They were building a huge school, four classrooms on each side, and a big gymnasium in the middle. Oh, cool. That was really interesting. Yeah. And how did you see God working there? In Uruguay, I think only 8% of the people are Christians of any kind. Oh, wow. That's very low. And Christianity, if uh, they said if you try to talk to somebody about God or Jesus, they just turn around and walk off. Wow. Well, consequently, our Adventist schools, um, which this was a big Christian school they were building, a lot of the people who weren't Christians particularly sent their kids there because they liked the principles they were given, the, oh. the structure, so that they came out as decent people rather than thugs. Yeah. So the vast majority of the 
attendees of the Christian school were non-Christians. Wow. So quite an opportunity for them to have yeah. a chance to learn where they might not. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, it was it was very rewarding. Very hard work. We were very tired at the end of the day. <laughs> I bet. It was, it was very rewarding. Wow. So then, uh, well, I had, my husband and I had traveled all over the world before that. And so then... I had a friend in Alaska whose husband had dementia, and so she and I took a couple trips. We went to several islands, Greek islands, and then we went to Iceland and Greenland. And then I went on another mission with Canvasback with the OBGYN team to Majuro. Oh, fun. And I did bookkeeping for them there. Um, actually, took a computer, and I recorded all their surgeries and Oh, wow. All the people's names, because they have to keep record of all that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't have direct contact with, you know, the people so much. Yeah. But, you know, I heard their stories, and I really appreciated the work done for them. Yeah. And then um, then I had an opportunity again to go to Palau with the same group, at that time with the ENT team. And on that one... The day before we left, oh, meanwhile, uh, let's see, I guess it was right after the Majuro trip, I met Dr. Bob online. Oh, yay. <laughs> so we were texting back and forth. Oh. And um, meanwhile, he'd gone to the Philippines, and I'd gone to Iceland, and I don't know, anyway, we were always halfway around the world from each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of interesting. When in reality, at some point, you guys hadn't been that far apart, because, you know... When you grew up in Corvallis, and he lived here in Idaho for quite a while, so. Well, more coincidence than that, he was at Shafter, where my first husband lived. Oh, really? And his, my husband's brother remembers him, so probably my husband would have remembered oh, him, too. Oh, wow. He was four or five years, about four years older than they were. But Oh, wow. So, but, yeah. But he remembers, so it's, it's, a, it's a small world. It is, and then when you guys finally start talking, you're... We're halfway across the world. Yeah. It's funny. So anyway, um, the last, I don't know, you've maybe heard this story already. The last day we were in Palau, I got sick. Hmm. And they thought I was dehydrated or something. So they called me in the morning we were leaving and gave me an IV. And that perked me up a little bit. We had to leave at 11 o'clock that night. And I was pretty weak. So they, you know, got me a wheelchair. We went to Guam and I was so weak there I could hardly get off the plane so then when we got back on they gave, actually took me down the aisle in a wheelchair in the, oh my. In the aisle chairs yeah and then we got to Japan and we had 11 hour layover and we were planning to do a bunch of sightseeing well by then I didn't feel like doing much of anything and and um, Jackie the head of canvas back has privileges in the lounge so she got me into the lounge so I found a corner where there nobody was so I could rest yeah and then uh, came time that night to board the plane and she had to leave they you know those live in Florida it's most of them are from the west coast so they left an hour before there were four or five of us left to go to the east coast and so the gal came to get me with a wheelchair, and we stopped by the restroom, and I've, as I was about ready to come out of the restroom, I, the next thing I knew, I'm out there, and they're 
about six or seven Japanese standing around me, and there's a gurney there. I'd oh, been no. passed out for ten minutes. <gasps> oh no! And um, I said, well, you know, there's still some of my team at the gate. They're medical people. They'll take care of me. <laughs> and and uh. this one tall Japanese guy, he says, you passed out. You are not flying. <laughs> oh. oh, my. So they put me on the gurney and hauled me out to the ambulance. Well, by then they had contacted the other group. So the nurse anesthetist, who was from South Carolina, I think, Mm-hmm. Um, he stayed with me, oh. which I thought was really nice. Yeah. And so then he called my daughter, and they got me to the hospital, and I was down to two two point one blood count. Oh my! Which I should have died. Wow. And in fact, Bob says I probably would have died if I got on the plane because I passed out there. They did a, a ultrasound thing, you know, the scanner thing. Oh, like an MRI type thing? MRI, yeah. And um, I, at some point I passed out there, and, and at some point they took off all my clothes and put pajamas on me. I don't, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. So I was out, in and out. And yeah. Finally gave me three blood transfusions. Wow. Um, but that was Friday, and, and so everybody was gone home, so I had to wait till Monday before they could check me, and so they put the thing down, you know, check your stomach, and, mm-hmm. and they don't put you to sleep there. Ooh. <laughs> You're awake through all this. Ooh, that would not feel good. Well, they sprayed my throat so I wouldn't gag. It was a little gaggy, and I could feel the thing down in there anyway. Yeah. I had a bleeding ulcer, and uh, oh. I should have died. <laughs> wow. Um, but by then it had stopped, and so they let me fly home. Four days later, my daughter and her husband flew over, and I said, oh, you didn't need to come. But I guess they thought I was going to die. Oh, well, it sounded pretty concerning. So, oh. so meanwhile, I'm texting Dr. Bob. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he's been a doctor, so he's asking me all these personal questions, trying to figure out my condition. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting on the bed giggling, and I, I said, do you realize... How weird this looks, just people who are dating but have really never met. <laughs> he, he says, but I'm a doctor. I said, but I'm not your patient. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Anyway, he was pretty worried about me. Yeah. And um, we had arranged, my daughter was having foot surgery, and we had arranged that I was going to take care of her. And then, so I said, well, I'll stop by and meet you. You know, I'll put a face to this person yeah. I've been communicating with. So I thought, and that was two weeks after I got back from Palau, mm-hmm. and I was still pretty weak, and um, so I was supposed to arrive here on a Sunday morning about 10. I left I left Florida pretty early in the time change. Anyway, mm-hmm. plane problems every all along the way. I didn't get here till midnight. Oh, my. So he went, and so the last flight, every flight was late. Then I had to be rerouted, and the last flight got in. I had 13 minutes to get off the plane at the other end of the airport. Oh, my. So I stood up, and I said, the man I'm going to marry has been waiting for me all day. I've got to get off this plane. (laughs) Oh, cute. (laughs) So they hustled and got me off. Well, got got down to the gate three minutes before closing time. She said, sit down. I said, can I get on the plane? Oh, yeah, but, you, but sit down. Everybody got off the plane. There were short one pilots, so he sat there for two more hours. Oh, my. Anyway, finally got here. Yeah. So then um, four days later, we got married. Oh, 
Oh. And, um, you know, we believe that was a God thing, too, because you go on, it was, you know, the website, the admin's website, and mm-hmm. you're on a few, little while, and you kind of check out the new people, then you go on, and we just happened to be on at the same time, and this picture came up, and I saw he's too old. <laughs> <laughs> and so then... I don't know if you know how these websites work, but on that one, you wink. Oh, okay. He did the second wink. I thought, well, I better at least be polite and respond. Yeah. <laughs> and then found out that he had been out on a, two canvas-back missions oh, prior wow. to my working for them. So I quick like called my boss. I said, do you remember this guy? And, oh, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Oh. oh. So I had that. So, you know, I think God brought us together. So, you know, I can see God working through my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool that, like... So that brings us up today, unless you have any other questions. Yeah, no, but I think that's cool that, you know, God, I mean, like, yeah, God aligned all of this throughout your life. You know, there were small connections that when it was time for you to meet him that, you know, mm-hmm. you you were able to find out enough about him to be like, yeah, this guy is good. Kind of shocked his kids, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. That's cool. Well, um, do you have any other mm, small stories about, like, how you've seen God work? Um, well, there was one night um, just before we went moved to Florida. We were visiting our friends. It was New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Everything closes on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And we were going home. Uh, we didn't stay up the late. I think we were going home about 8 o'clock. Yeah. And it was cold, freezing cold. It was down close to zero. And we pulled up to a stoplight, and the car just died. Everything died. Oh. And, you know, there was no traffic, nothing going on. And, and the car pulled up behind us. This young man got out. He came up. He says, you have a problem? And we said, well, yeah, everything's dead. <laughs> and um, he said, well, I'm a mobile mechanic. Oh, Wow. So he pushes across the intersection, and there was a little 7-Eleven that was open. Mm-hmm. So he he figured out right away what it was, and so he called the auto parts store. And so I went in the 7-Eleven, and my husband took off with this strange guy we'd never seen before. <laughs> mm-hmm. They got to the auto parts store. They just turned their lights off. They were just closing. So they got in in time and got the part. He came back, and he fixed it. And I tried to write him a check, and he said, well, I don't have a checking account. Well, my bank had just opened a new branch on the opposite corner. <laughs> wow. So I said, well, I'll go over to the ATM. And he was he was sensitive enough that he parked on the far corner from the bank, mm-hmm. of the bank parking lot, rather than go up close to the ATM with me. Yeah. So I drew out money and paid him, and he left. Wow. Seemed like an angel. <laughs> oh, that does, because he showed up at just the right time. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, I mean... There were no other cars came. It was yeah. the only one that came. Wow. And he's a mobile mechanic. I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> God just sends the right person at the right time, the or right the right time. angel. Yeah. That's so cool. So, you know, little things like that. Um, none more come to mind right now, but, um, I, you know, I felt that God leads. Had, had the grief, but... Um, Always, I, I, when I hear other people's problems with marriage, I have three marriages. They've all been wonderful. Mm. I think that's a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. God has led you into them and been a part of them all. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Someday we can look back and ask questions and find out the what's and the why's and the wherefores. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. 
For sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. You're I welcome. appreciate it. Um, and thank you everybody for listening. You can tune in next week. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is Real, God is Good podcast. Or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.